0: Welcome back to Chatterstorm, your favourite Magic the Gathering podcast. My name is Josh, and I am here with Sarah. Hello. And we don't have Sam again today, so it's just the two of us once again. Um, But there is a bunch of exciting stuff to talk about, so uh, let's jump straight into it. Mm -hmm. The big thing that's happened this week is a banned and restricted announcement on October 13th. Yes. Um, and this is, uh, you know, normally they're worth talking about, but this one has a couple of firsts for Magic the Gathering, which I think make some really good talking points.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so have you seen this announcement, Sarah? Have you, have you taken a look at some of the decisions that have been made?
1: Yes, I have seen it. Not the official announcement, but um, everyone's reaction on Reddit mm-hmm. I've seen.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been big because there's some really there's there's some interesting kind of facets to the discussions around mm-hmm. this particular announcement. So, one thing that surprised everybody is no changes in standard.
1: Yes, everyone was calling for Auron's Epiphany to be banned, right?
0: Mhm. Yeah. So the um Auron's Epiphany has just become so strong in standard. Mm-hmm. Um it's, you know, we saw domination uh of uh, of the meta game in the world championships last yes. week uh with a ton of epiphany decks. Um an Epiphany deck did win.
1: Yeah.
0: Um second place was was it DePraz in second place?
1: Yes. It was, right?
0: Yeah. Uh Depraz wasn't running Epiphany. But DePraz was splashing blue in his team of treasures mm-hmm. deck. Um just for the negates. Yeah. Just to hit the Epiphany. Yeah. Um, and we've seen the same thing. I've seen a couple of deck lists this week, like uh, um, Rakdos Treasures lists, splashing blue for, it for camp spells, mm-hmm. uh, because it's the best way to combat um, the Epiphany-Galvanic Iteration combo is to yeah. test a talent set or have the negates to, to counter it. Um, it's really the only way to beat Epiphany.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I think that it really does reflect a, an unhealthy standard when literally every color pair of decks is splashing blue, yeah, just for a couple of counter spells, yeah,
1: it's either to play that card or to counter that card,
0: yeah, um, and that's I think that's indicative of an unhealthy standard. Yeah. And everybody was anticipating the Orans Epiphany ban. Um, less anticipated was the Aseeker's Chariot ban,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but people are also calling for that. Um, Renin Seven and Storm the Festival not being called for for bands. Um, Because two powerful cards, definitely. Yeah. But they have sort of fallen out of favour over the last couple of weeks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think they just can't stand up to the power of Epiphany. Uh, a Seeker's Chariot, you know, m- fairly consistently, you can get out on turn three. And it is really, really strong. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really strong card. Uh, it puts four power onto the board and kind of if you can if you can follow it up on turn four with a four power creature then it's kind of pseudo haste
1: mm-hmm. in a way yeah
0: because you can you can crew the chariot and get in for eight damage yep. on turn four which and then make you know start to build up your board and copy a token and mm-hmm. uh you see chariot copying things like uh old growth troll tokens and uh, and and running and sevens tree folks uh yeah. and uh, sometimes even like um in some decks that I've seen, uh, the blood av- uh, the demons from *Awaken the Blood, blood Avatar*. Uh, in some like Jund lists I've seen, okay, uh, it's it's just a super powerful card, and yeah. so uh, people have been calling for bans there as well. Um, and this, I think that, well, what do you think, Sarah? Do you think that Wizards should have made these bans um, or not? What do you think of these cards? Well,
1: not. Ren and Seven, which I know you said was less called for, but I I think it's really annoying when a card is just printed and then banned really quickly. Mm -hmm. Because then I just think, if it's able to be broken that quickly, why do the people that make the cards not realize that when they make the cards? Yeah. Like, over time, other cards get printed and people figure out ways to break them that maybe the people that test the cards didn't realize. But like with Oko, right, that was, Mad off the belt, right off the bat—that's the saying. (laughs) Yes. Was it?
0: Yeah. Oco was loco from the go 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 go.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, fine, rhyming. That's dumb. (laughs) I just think that's dumb. Yeah. Yeah, because people spend loads of money on these cars that have just come out, and then they're banned. So I'd be really annoyed if Red Seven got banned Mm -hmm. because I think that's an oversight on the people that create the cards.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I do agree that um, wizards should not really be making this mistake of like uh, what, how it felt a couple of years ago, where they would print a set, have a busted mythic, not ban it for a while so that people bought packs to yeah. get it, and then ban it for the health of the game. Like it, it, That's what it felt like when yeah. Oka was printed. Um, and yeah, that, that, I don't think there's much need for that. Like, Ren and Seven is powerful, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's not unhealthily powerful um but what about orange epiphany and a seeker's chariot do mm. you think that these are cards that need bans?
1: not a seeker's chariot i think like you say it's a really consistent card and it can be really good i don't think it's banable. i feel like a card that gives you an extra turn is just always going to be super powerful mm-hmm. and maybe they shouldn't exist at all
0: <laughs> well yeah I-, I think that um I think that just being able to copy it...
1: This is the thing, is,
0: yeah. And it, it, and it making creatures is so, so broken. Yeah. Like, taking two extra turns, like copying an extra turn spell with, like, Galvanic Iteration or something, that's already incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. But when you copy Oron's Epiphany, you put four flying power yeah. onto the board, and if you do nothing else over your extra two turns, you're at least getting in for eight damage. Yeah. Um, and that is insane. Yeah. Like, that is... That's really, really strong. Um, and then there's the added element of Lear, Disciple of the Drowned, giving Oran's Epiphany flashback. Yes. Um, which, again, lets you just... It just lets you... It gives the deck so much reach, which it normally doesn't need. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can copy an Oran's Epiphany, you're just winning. Yeah. Um, and this wouldn't have worked all the time. Like, copying all of these, uh, these taking turn spells wouldn't be as good if they didn't make birds. Mm-hmm. Like Epiphany does, yeah, and wouldn't be as good if, like Nexus of Fate, you shuffled them into your library, mm-hmm. um, or like I think some of the other taking turn spells, um, you exile them instead of okay, them yeah. Going to so your you ca- yeah, so you can't recur them. Uh Ulrun's Epiphany yeah. uh, is just the whole package. You can flash it back. It gives you a board presence Mm -hmm. as well as giving you an extra turn. And actually, um, you can foretell it, which means you can dodge duresses and stuff like that. Yeah, they're just, Uh, yeah. And even Test of Talents, which is one of the best answers for it. Um, Test of Talents lets you counter it and then search your opponent's hand library and graveyard. To to remove any copies of it. But that doesn't hit the foretold copies of it, which are in exile.
1: Uh, so yes, you can foretell course. it to
0: protect it from yeah. Test Talents as well. And it's just, it honestly seems like the way that Standard has evolved, like the answers to Epiphany and the other cards that support it, it is just the best taking turn spell mm-hmm. that is possible, like that is, that is yeah, that it could kind be. Of
1: all the little bits that would make it better, all mm-hmm. of them seem to be on it. Or you can, yeah. But before it started getting copied... How good was it? As somebody that doesn't play a whole lot of standard, like, it came out, Aura's Epiphany is a cowdome card, right? Mm -hmm. And the copy spell is a strict saving card.
0: Uh, Maybe? Galvanic Iteration, I think is a Midnight Hunt card.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense then, as to why it's just become more broken really recently. Mm Mm-hmm. I assumed, it, oh, am I thinking of the other, what's the other iteration? Teach
0: by example. Oh, are you thinking of expressive iteration?
1: Which is from Strixhaven.
0: Yes. Yes,
1: that's where I'm getting confused. Oh, well that makes more sense then as to why it's ridiculously b- broken really recently. I was going to ask, why is it taking a little bit of time for people to realize that a card from Strixhaven made it broken, but it wasn't from Strixhaven, so <laughs> pointless. Feel free to cut that.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna leave it <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah, so uh, just I think the way that Standard has evolved has just pushed Auron's Epiphany way over the top.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so why haven't Wizards banned it? If the whole community is calling for it and it is so problematic that every single deck is trying to find an answer for the Epiphany and is splashing weird colours just to have some kind of answer for it, Yeah. why haven't Wizards banned it?
1: So the call to ban it, I think, stepped up massively after Worlds, right? Mm-hmm. So the reason they didn't ban it before Worlds is because then I don't think Worlds would have been as interesting.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of dangerous to ban cards right before Worlds yeah. because you you are really messing with the metagame. game. Yes. Um, however, um, the. Games that took place in Worlds do contribute to the information that Wizards have mm-hmm. for uh, for their decision. Yeah. So Wizards will have looked at all the data from Worlds and the decks that were played and uh, Arena data and the recent metagame. And uh, they haven't really given a reason to not ban Epiphany. Mm-hmm. All they've said is this. After reviewing MTG Arena metagame data and recent online events, including the World Championship... And in considering the upcoming release of Innistrad Crimson Vow, we've decided not to make any changes at this time. We'll consider changes to the standard environment, if necessary, after evaluating Innistrad Crimson Vow's impact on the metagame.
1: Okay, so either something is coming out in Crimson Vow that they think will be able to combat that, or just make standard healthier, or... Everybody that watched Worlds, like myself, now wants to build decks with Lawrence Epiphany. <laughs> they hadn't built them before, so why would they ban it now?
0: Well, everybody wanting to build it is a, a reason to ban it. Like you, you don't, when you're,
1: but then people when you're running a standard, people buy packs though, like monetary wise, I mean.
0: Yeah, but they're Kaldheim packs. okay, okay no, I, I I think you're right. Um, I'd like to think that's not the case. I'd like to think that Wizards aren't. Avoiding the ban on Epiphany so that people buy more Caldham packs, um, because maybe that's the case. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna entertain that I thought think because that'd just be really shit. I think
1: it's one of two. I hope it's that Crimson Vow is going to make standard fairer with whatever they know that's coming, but there it could be that they want to give it a little bit more time so more people build decks with Epiphany because I. After watching Worlds, I'm now building a deck with Epiphany. Right now it doesn't have any Epiphanies in it because I have no mythic wildcards on Arena, Mm -hmm. but it will have. And I will wait because I don't really want to spend money on Arena, but there's a bunch of people that would spend money on Arena to get packs.
0: And and I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's
1: still people that play Standard in real life as well somewhere. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I think it's the former. I hope it's the The, former. The way that this statement is worded. um, You know, Wizards designed these sets years ago, Yes. Uh, they know what's coming out in Crimson Vow, mm-hmm. and the way that this announcement is worded, kind of the subtext here, uh, to me, says something is going to be printed in Crimson Vow that is going to balance standard, yes. that is going to check these Epiphany decks. We've designed the set, we know what's coming, mm-hmm. and we think it's going to balance standard, and that's why we don't need to make any bans.
1: I think that's much more likely. Also as well because releasing that statement if then Crimson Vow comes out and we're all like, okay, well that's done nothing, not nothing to standard because a new set pretty much always does something to standard but nothing to epiphany then that just makes them look really dumb.
0: (laughs) It does Uh, and, and they don't typically make mistakes like no that. Uh, this the subtext of this announcement is that something or that, that we can ex- we can anticipate something from the crimson Vow set that's going to help check these epiphany decks maybe it's going to be really good tools for mono red <laughs> or something like that um <laughs> which wouldn't surprise me because it's a vampire set well, this, and vampires yeah, are typically a very aggressive archetype
1: in my head the good cards in crimson vow are going to be red black cards But that's purely because when I think of vampires, I think of red-black. You don't think so?
0: I don't think so. Sarah could tell because of the grimace I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you just need to look at Midnight Hunt. Um, Midnight Hunt was the werewolf set. That's true, yeah. And is werewolves a tier one deck?
1: No. No. Yeah.
0: Is is werewolves good in draft? God, no. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a, it's a very low tier in draft. And it's maybe, maybe a tier two deck. Uh, Like the green, green, red Wells.
1: Were-
0: mm-hmm. um, so but that doesn't
1: mean vampires will be the same.
0: It doesn't, but I also, I don't think we can expect, like, I don't think we can go into Crimson Vow thinking, oh, man, Mardu vampires is going to be absolutely sick from this set because we expected that from Midnight Hunt with werewolves and that's just not really what we've got. We've got some powerful werewolves. Mm. We've got some good cards, definitely. And there is a werewolves deck, but it's not tier one. And actually, I think it would be a bit cliche for wizards to print this set and for Mardu colored, like maybe red, white, black vampires in some combination, to just become the number one busted archetype in standard all of a sudden, like yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know, yeah, isn't it?
1: I don't, think- that is not what I meant because I do think that would be dumb. I just think in my head the cards that will be good will be red, black, maybe red, black, white. I hate the word Mardu.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was just thinking about it. It's such a, all the other names are cool. Mardu just sounds really stupid.
0: Other names for what the the, the three-color three yes, pairs. Yeah. Well, what have we got? So Mardu is red, black, white.
1: Mhm.
0: Um Grixis is red, blue, black. Super cool. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um Sultai Sultai's is great. green, white, black. Uh, sorry, green, green, black, blue. Uh that's my favorite. I like the the colors. I like the green, black, yeah. blue colors. I uh, I like the name Sultai.
1: Mm-hmm. Kind
0: of sounds like Sultan. Which yep. I quite like. Um, Wonder why. <laughs> um Uh what else is there? Um Bant. Yeah. I don't like Bant. But Bant th- sounds a bit rubbish. I
1: feel like it's fitting though.
0: So Bant is blue, green, white. Yeah. And I just think it's a bit I don't know, unimpressive. Bant.
1: I feel like it works for the colours though. Ask no follow up questions. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think you're just making stuff up.
1: <laughs> no, this is just my, this is just the way I feel about the colours. <laughs> I have no um, evidence to back that up.
0: What other ones are there? Jess
1: um, Sky. Jess Guy Jess, is such a cool name. Yeah.
0: White, red, blue is mm-hmm. Jess Guy, and that is a really cool name. Um,
1: yeah, I suppose Bant is a little lame compared to all of those. Yeah. Yeah, but I just don't like the way Mardu sounds. And I think potentially that would—I've never played a deck like that, but I feel like that would maybe be my favorite three-color pairing. Yeah, yeah. Because I
0: I know what you mean. Mardu sounds less impressive. What what about Jund? What do you think of Jund? That's red, black, green.
1: I think that again, like Bant. And please don't ask any follow-up questions. But I feel like Jund works for those colors.
0: So, I, I agree with you there. Jund works, I think, because it kind of has connotations of like, it, it kind of sounds like underworld yeah. is where it's going. Uh, and that's kind of that, that's what those colors connote for me. Mm-hmm. Bant, I don't know. I uh, Maybe it fits. It kind of it could be derived from like banners. And, like, it is very humans and go wide. Uh, It's in those sorts of of colors, so maybe it fits. I just guess I don't really like that tactic, um, so I don't like the word. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've also got Abzan. That's black, white, and green. Mm -hmm. I love Abzan. I think it's a really cool name. Cool name. Mm -hmm.
1: See, it's like they did all that, and then Ban, I agree, is lame, but I think it fits, but maybe for a lame reason. And then somebody that hates red, white, black said Mardu. And they went, yeah, that's great.
0: Um, well, what was Mardu in Ikoria? Um, because Ikoria's triomes had different names. And I think there was a Mardu triome.
1: I'm not sure I wasn't playing in
0: it You weren't. Okay, sorry. let me see if I can remember this I can before Google I look it. at it. Oh, well, okay. You try no. to remember, I'll Google it. Okay, so Ketria, I think, was... Oh, Savai. It was Savai, I remember.
1: Savai's cool. Savai,
0: yeah. S-A-V-A-I. That's black, red, white. And that
1: works because it's a bit like Savage. Mm. And I feel like those colours are, you know, a bit savage. Because you think about so Orzov, as in black, white. Yeah. Really cool name. Rakdos is a great name mm-hmm. yeah. for black, red. And then, well, I feel like Boros is good too for red, white.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I think that the guild names are all perfect. Yeah. I, I love them all. Golgari. Golgari's good. Dimir. Great. I think they're all spot on.
1: And then, yeah, I just think, Mar- like, you're right, Bant is lame. Saz. Mardu is just, I don't like it.
0: Yeah. Should we should we call it Savai from now on?
1: Yeah, I do like Savai.
0: Okay, so then, it, if going along that line of logic, what do you prefer? Simic or Quandrix? <sighs> Boros or Lawhold? Boros. I think I prefer Lawhold hold sounds very cool.
1: No, Boros.
0: Um, Golgari?
1: Golgari.
0: Or what was uh, Strixhaven's green-black school?
1: Uh, with the... <sighs> Witherbloom. Witherbloom. Witherbloom is cool. Man. Yeah, I said Golgari before you even answered because I yeah. really like Golgari, but Witherbloom is super cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Given
0: that green-black are your favourite colours, why Mardu?
1: Are green-black my favourite colours?
0: Well, I guess not.
1: <laughs> I think by that what you mean Apparently is... Not. ...anytime we've done any quizzes relating to Magic the Gathering, listen back to previous episodes to find out. No, um... don't.
0: Those episodes are pretty bad. <laughs> we've improved a lot since then, I'd like to think.
1: <laughs> we'll listen back for a laugh then. Okay. Fine. But <laughs> I tend to come out in the green-black space yeah. for all of them. And I suppose it is kind of my vibe... Plant life and dead things.
0: Is that your vibe?
1: Well, apparently. Should
0: I be weirded out vibe. by that? I think I think that's a pretty odd vibe to have.
1: Well like my magic vibe.
0: Oh, your magic. You're vibe. You're
1: not like my life vibe.
0: Right. Yeah. So like on like, when you get to know someone, then you like, you're at like a meet and greet. You're not like, hi, I'm Sarah. I like plants and dead stuff. That's not.
1: Well, how I you suppose I probably don't even get a chance to say that. I like plants because as a vegan, if you're anywhere with people you don't know, one of your friends will tell everybody that you're a vegan.
0: Yeah, one of your friends. I have
1: friends. More friends than you. <laughs>
0: um, so
1: plants, everyone just knows I like plants.
0: <laughs> so We're getting off topic. <laughs> we'll, we'll, put it, we'll put it forward to the council. Um, tweet at us if you think that Mardu should be officially renamed to Savai, because it sounds better.
1: Mm-hmm, and, and... If also if you have any of the color pairing, tri color pairing names that you don't like, mm. and why.
0: You can tweet us at Pod mm-hmm. on Twitter. Follow us, tweet us, let us know if Mardu sounds lame, if Savai sounds better, or if we're just filthy zoomers and that we should use the kinds of takia <laughs> names, like good old magic fans. <laughs> um, <laughs> So that, <laughs> that aside... That aside, uh, back what to What were you. we talking about? Well, we were, were talking about bands. We were talking about bands.
1: Yeah, I don't know how we even got... Oh, it was Colors, Crimson Vow, Mardi. That yes. That's
0: where we were. So, yeah, I, I am anticipating um, that we're going to see a powerful set in Crimson Vow. Mm-hmm. Midnight Hunt was powerful. Yeah. And Standard is in a powerful place at the moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and Wizards have intentionally decided not to mess with it because they think that Crimson Vow will rebalance it. Yeah. Um, and this also kind of makes me think, oh my God, how quickly time is passing. Hmm, right. Because Crimson Vow is out next month.
1: Yeah, I don't... Which is wild. I say this all the time, but I... Why do, Why do sets come out so often? Why? Yeah.
0: Because... I don't... Well, because that's Wizards designs four sets a year. Though. Yeah, I just
1: I think that's too many.
0: Well, yes, I, I agree, but I I don't need to ask why because the more sets they print, the more variety there is in the game, and the more money they make. Yeah,
1: but I think like, they're too quickly. Wizards profits
0: on every set, so the more sets they release, but yeah, I suppose the more uh, money yes, I
1: suppose obviously why I know the answer, um. but don't you just feel like I feel like I blinked and afr was gone yeah this is
0: something i've seen in the magic community a lot this year is this kind of um new product fatigue yeah um especially among content creators Mm -hmm. a lot of them really are struggling to keep up with the amount of content like i think there's a new jumpstart coming out um i think that there's the crimson vow set coming out uh and there's just constantly new stuff happening in magic there's like 12 secret layers that are available yeah right now. that
1: was like three that i saw just in the last couple of days yeah
0: and the the amount of new content for like, in magic the gathering at the moment honestly seems like it's burning some of the community out mm. die hard fans and content creators who need to like us stay on top of everything that's happening in yeah. magic um have been complaining a lot that the, the just just a critical mass of new products and and it's kind of burning their enthusiasm out
1: yeah
0: um there's no kind of well there's no anticipation um you know absence makes the heart grow fonder wizards so (laughs) if you slow things down a little bit you'll i think you'll have more anticipation from the community right now there is no anticipation right now all i'm thinking about crimson vow is oh my god slow down i'm not even like i'm not ready Uh, I, i should be thinking man, I'm excited for the next set to come out. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's how I used to feel. Yeah,
1: I feel like that's how we did feel. But is it just because there's so many other things coming out now? Because if sets have been four times a year for, well, as long as I've been playing Magic, which isn't very long, but probably a while before then, we used to still be excited for the sets and Mm -hmm. that used to feel like a long time. So is it just that there's just generally so much Magic stuff that we just feel like every day there's something new, so then you just have no time to be excited about anything.
0: I think so. Yeah, I think that's what it is.
1: Because then I think stuff gets overlooked. Like, uh, a- like Afr to use that again. Did is, is anybody even? Is anybody even playing any of those cards in decks? I'm sure they are, but like,
0: what, like in our play group, well, we kind of missed Afr.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's because we missed it. Just
0: as a play group, we kind of skipped over that whole set, really. Um...
1: Yeah, I don't yeah. think any of us... We weren't super excited by the dungeon thing, which was kind of the main part of the yeah. Dungeons & Dragons set. I was pretty excited oh, by the too. set. Me too, yeah.
0: Um, but I, I do think that, you know, people's interest in magic ebbs and flows. Mm. Um, and, yeah, there have been a couple of sets over the past couple of years where, which I've kind of missed, in air quotes, missed. Um, Zendikar was one of them. And I was really excited for Zendikar. Yeah. I really like Zendikar as a plane. But I just... Because of what was going on in my life at the time, I wasn't playing Magic for that period. It was lockdown,
1: wasn't it?
0: uh, Well, it was a year ago. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I just missed it. Mm -hmm. And same with AFR. For whatever reason, whatever was going on in our lives meant that we just kind of missed uh, Adventures of the Forgotten Realms. And we, I think, tend to be a bit more intentional um, and mindful with the time that we spend Mm -hmm. on Magic. So we end up taking breaks from Magic. But just taking breaks, like... In, in a healthy way, which I think we do, means that we miss entire sets. Yeah. And as content creators or as major, as big Magic fans, that's really not great. Like, you should be able to take a break from Magic, step away, take a breather, play a different game um, without missing a whole
1: set. Yeah. Yeah, this is the thing. Is But that's what I was trying like, to figure out, is, is it that AFR was maybe not a very impactful set and I don't know the answer to this because I remember being super excited about it and now I can't really think of anything that was good about it so if a set isn't amazing off the bat then because stuff comes out so regularly does it just get forgotten
0: it was not impactful it was a weak powered set yeah but it was impactful because of the like just the cultural connotations of yes of replacing a core set with a Universes Beyond set mm-hmm. and a bunch of other stuff like that. so There was a load to talk about. I on, I think that, casting my mind back, I missed AFR because I wanted to play Persona. Yeah. And that's not the way it should be. It shouldn't be like, oh, well, I want to play this other game, so I guess I'm just going to miss the next Magic set. <laughs> that's not yeah. really... That's, that, that doesn't make for a very healthy experience.
1: That's true, because then do you just have to only ever play Magic. Because does that mean I missed AFR because I watched you play Persona? Because I think that's even sadder.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Agree.
1: Yeah, so do we have to always only play Magic in order to keep up with everything? Because that's tiring.
0: I think that we do, with the amount of content Wizards are releasing, yes. But I think that we've sat on this topic for a little while. Yeah. I, I want to move on um, to the historic bands. Yes. So this is really interesting. Three cards have been banned from Historic. Mm-hmm. Tybalt's Trickery, Memory Lapse, and Brainstorm. Yeah, Don't need to dwell on these too much. Memory Lapse is absurdly good as a counter spell um, and as a tempo play. Mm-hmm. If you want to try and understand what tempo is, um, analysing Memory Lapse as a card is a really great way to do it. Brainstorm is absolutely broken, especially with... Like fetch lands and ways sh- ways to shuffle your library, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and it always has been. Um Bolt's trickery is just gross, uh, and uh, with um, you know the, the the decks like it's just not a fun deck to play against. Yeah. Um, so those those three are banned. those are highly anticipated bands. Not surprised at all mm-hmm. to see those go. Um, however, in addition to those three bands. Five cards are being rebalanced. Yeah. So these are digital only cards. You can't get them on paper. They're only available playing historic on arena. Yes. Um they are Davriel's Withering, Davriel's Soulbroker, Faceless Agent, Sarkan Wanderer to Shiv. And subversive acolyte. Mm-hmm. And they've been rebalanced in that the effect of the cards have actually been changed, altered slightly, um, instead of any bannings. Yeah. Um, and, you know, w- wizards have gone into some detail. So let me read through a couple of these just to give us some context. So, Davriel's Withering and Davriel's Soulbroker are two cards that could give target creature perpetually. Uh, like, minus on its toughness,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which generated a combo with a card called Lark, Um and okay. kind of, it just went infinite right then and there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so these have been rebalanced so that instead of reading target creature perpetually gets, they read target creature and opponent controls perpetually gets. So okay. it switches off the combo, yeah. basically. Um, Faceless Agent has been changed from a 2 1 to a 2 2.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: the reason for that is to. Uh, well, let me read it out. Faceless Agent is an important card for tribal decks that don't currently have the density of cards legal in historic to fill out their curve. This is a simple buff to improve the experience of players using those tribal decks. Okay. Now, Sarkan, Wanderer to Shiv, so it's a planeswalker. It used to have a plus zero ability, which read conjure a card named Shivan Dragon into your hand.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, call me a boomer, but I don't even know what conjure means.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I have no idea.
0: Does it mean create? I, I don't know. But besides the point, they've changed that plus zero to a plus one. Um, and the, the justification is Sarkin's second ability, which is the one that conjures the Shivan Dragon is weaker than the other two abilities that he has, mm-hmm. especially considering the tension between choosing to conjure shivan and Dragons versus using the first ability to fuel future minus two abilities.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so basically, do you choose between adding no counters to Sarkhan and conjuring shivan and Dragons or putting a counter on him um, so that you can minus two him better yeah. you know, in the future? We are aiming to better balance and reduce the tension between the abilities. Finally, there's Subversive Acolyte. And there's a few changes that have been made to this card. It used to cost black black. They changed it to one and a black. Mm -hmm. Um, It used to be a 2-2. They made it a 2-3. And it used to have abilities that gave it like plus one plus two or plus three plus three. And those have been changed to plus one, plus one, and plus three, plus two. So it inherently has one higher toughness, but the stat boosts are one less. Yes. And the reason for that is, well, I'll read it out. Subversive Acolyte competes too directly with Gifted Aetherborn for black decks looking for defensive options. And changing its mana cost adds a defensive option for black decks without needing to commit heavily into black... To play gifted Etherborn, adding a toughness lets subversive acolyte better fill that defensive role early in the game, and we adjusted the ability stat boost to preserve the Phyrexian negator reference. So what they've done is they made a bunch of changes, um, and the reason is that if you're playing mono black, then gifted Etherborn is now a better option. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be that both of these were good black spells, but they're both required two black. Yeah. So now if you're playing a fully like, a mono-black deck, Gifted etherborn is the better option. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're playing a, a multicolored deck that has black, then Subversive Acolyte is your better two-drop defensive option. Um, and I just find this... Well, I, I think there's a lot to talk about here. So all of these rebalances are small, subtle changes that either completely remove broken combos Mm -hmm. or rebalance cards to make them a little bit better, a little bit worse. Sometimes they're better and worse depending on on the context. What do you think of this kind of process of rebalancing cards in digital formats? What's your opinion on this, Sarah?
1: I'm honestly not sure. I think probably because I don't play Historic. Mm. So it doesn't affect me so it's difficult to know like what impact this is going to have on the community that play historic but I think looking at cards and saying "Oh, actually you know what this would be better if we did this that makes sense because that's just improving things which is arguably always a good thing and they can't do it on paper cards so they're not going to but digital only cards and this whole new thing they're doing with magic on arena where they're making it have stuff that it couldn't doesn't exist in paper i i guess it's fine but i feel i do feel a little bit like i can't really give an opinion because i don't and have never played historic Mm -hmm. maybe this is awful maybe this is absolutely not okay i think it's fine but yeah, I feel a little bit like I can't give an opinion, to be honest, because I don't play Historic, nor have I actually seen any reactions to this.
0: So I'm not really asking so much about the changes that have been made, because I don't really, I don't play Historic either, so mm. I can't really comment too much on the actual changes, but really I want to ask about this whole process of, of rebalancing a card instead of uh, banning it, and using rebalancing to kind of tweak the game. Um, and I think I'm a really big fan of uh, of rebalancing in digital formats so it's only in historic and it's only possible because these cards don't exist in paper mm-hmm. um, magic is a game that's existed for uh, for decades and never in magic's history have they really been able to effectively errata cards they've done it a couple of times
1: mm-hmm. like
0: when Rin and Seri was printed yeah they erated all hounds to be dogs yes um, they erated rules in the past um so some cards used to say when this card leaves play or is put into a graveyard uh, and then when they're reprinted they say dies yeah um sometimes they errata keywords on uh like s- some cards will be reprinted and say mill now instead of
1: but that's just because the game changes and they figure out different words for things right and well, they just want to
0: in some of those cases but like the dogs are yeah the dogs is, not, is no the uh, dogs is, is not same. um And so, it's been very difficult to errata cards Mm -hmm. in uh, Magic's history. Um, One of the examples that I think stands out to me is is Oko. If they could reprint Oko and make his plus one ability, I think, which turns... So his plus one, I think, turns a creature or artifact into a 3-3 Yeah. Um, and it's just really, really busted because it's a removal spell yeah. on a plus one. Yeah. Um, if they turned it into a minus two or a minus one, that could rebalance Oko. Mm-hmm. Like, he can play him and he can remove something by turning it into an elk, but...
1: It's a down... Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: you lose counters on it. Um, and also he comes in through like three mana and I think he comes in on like four or five counters and then goes up to six yeah. or something like Which that. Which kind and it's
1: of just... puts him out of being...
0: Yeah. Um, attacked, really. So if they could errata Oko, that would be much better mm-hmm. than printing it, oh god, it's super busted, and then banning it. Yeah. Um, And I, I, I think that being able to errata cards is... <laughs> I really like it. I, I think it's much, much healthier for the game.
1: Yeah, I agree. I guess when you initially asked the question, I didn't think of it as an alternative to banning. And I really don't like banning because I just always come back to, how do you not know it was going to be awful? Mm-hmm. I know, like if a card's been out for ages and then it gets banned because more and more cards get printed, like, you can't think about everything. Yeah. But to use Oko again, why was that ever printed like it was? Like, I feel like that. Well,
0: game design is hard.
1: Yeah, I know, and I, I'm not a game... And
0: magic is a very complex game.
1: Yeah, but I just think that sets go through so much testing, right, by people that probably lo- know on par or more than the majority of people that play Magic.
0: Mm, I actually don't, don't agree with you this. You don't
1: agree? no but shouldn't it be though shouldn't the people that test it or, or maybe get get the public to test it then get the people that play magic the most to test it if
0: um i i guess it's not a good idea but that would be logistically impossible uh and like the, i think that the, the way they do it works at the moment um when you like design a set well you just no matter how much of a like quality assurance no matter how much quality assurance testing you do no matter how much testing of a new set you do nothing stands up to what the community are able to do with it like the general public can do amazing things um and like yeah can come up with creative combos that you just didn't even see before um and it's yeah I, i think that there is only so much that the play design team can do. Um, and
1: but that's why I think it's ridiculous when cards get banned fairly soon after they come out. I'm not saying that over time, of course, the community will find things that people didn't initially. But if a card comes out and is, ba- and is banned really quickly, I feel like that's an oversight on Wizards part.
0: Yeah, I agree. So I think that Omnath, uh, the, the recent printing of Omnath, was an oversight. Mm -hmm. They should have caught how powerful that was. Uh, Same with Oko. Yeah. They should have seen how powerful that was going to be. But the adventure cards all ended up being really broken. I don't think that wizards should have looked at them before they were printed and said, do you know what? These are actually really busted. We're not going to print them. We're going to change them before they go to print. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think so. I think they were really strong cards. Wizards couldn't have known. Sometimes, yes, they print a card which is just plain broken. But a lot of the time it's really not that obvious. Like on paper, Ulrin's Epiphany is super powerful. Mm-hmm. Coma, Cosmos Serpent, super powerful. In practice, Epiphany is so much more powerful than standard than Coma is. Yeah. But you I think that if you were to just look at the two of them and say, look, these are the two mythics from the new set.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um which one's going to be most busted in standard. I don't think anybody could make that assessment, no. um, including the play design team.
1: But then orange Epiphany has become more and more powerful with sets that have come out after it. Yeah, And that makes total sense. I don't think you could expect yeah, wizards to print a card. Know that it's a really good card because it's a mythic in the sets, so it should be a really good card. But then have enough foresight to think about three, four sets down the line and think, oh, this might be busted with that. Which is what I think has happened with Auron's Epiphany. A card that lets you take an extra turn is always going to be great, but it's become a lot better since Midnight Hunt came out. No one was asking Mm, to ban it before Midnight Hunt came out, as far as I'm aware. Midnight
0: Hunt pushed it over the edge. It was already really strong, yeah. Yeah. Um, Midnight Hunt kind of made it just ridiculous, yeah. Um, So, coming back to the rebalancing of these cards, uh, I'm a big fan of it. I I think that this is a good thing, And I'm looking forward to seeing how Wizards handles the kind of Wild West of Magic the Gathering that is (laughs) Arena Historic.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I do think that one of the thoughts that I had was that um, Sarkin is a mythic um, and Davriel is a mythic um, and uh, Subversive Acolyte is a rare. And so these are cards that have been changed in Arena. So when a card gets banned, you get wild cards for the copies that you own. Yes. Um, They have changed Davriel, for example, to switch off the combo Mm -hmm. that arguably makes him worth playing. So if they alter the card and it's no longer going to be played in your deck... Yeah. I, I I can't see anywhere in this article that says that you get wild cards to replace... Yeah. Um, the cards should, that have been changed. And I think and it I should. Think be a should.
1: Choice. I think it should be a choice. I don't well, think you, you should...
0: I think that's that's what you... If you just get the wild cards, you can recraft them. So it what, is a choice.
1: Yeah, no, what I mean is that you shouldn't just get wild cards and... Because when a card is banned, you can't play it anymore. So that's why you get a wild card. They can still play these cards. Yeah, okay. So you should get the choice to keep the card.
0: Or turn them into wild cards.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. when you ban a card, like... Maybe they can be played in other formats, but you play it in that yeah, format. Yeah, you do
0: still actually own the card. Yeah,
1: but I don't think you can do that. When you can still play the card in the format, it's just been rebalanced. That's a good point. So I think it should be a choice. You get to keep the card if you want to, if it still works for you. Because like, some, like you say, are better. They're all better for the format overall. Some actually make people's decks better. Mm-hmm. This one that turns off a combo. I could totally understand why people being like, well, I'm not going to play it anymore. So give me a wild card. Yeah. So I think that should be a choice, not a right that it is when you ban cards.
0: I think that is a good point, yeah. I, I hadn't considered that. But you're absolutely right. Um so on the whole, I think this is good. I mm-hmm. think I am actually on board for more digital only content. I don't think that magic is gonna die if they just start developing more digital content.
1: Especially not um, in historic because historic is I'm gonna ask a question because I don't actually know. Is historic only in arena? I think it is, yes, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, so
0: wizards are treating historic as the kind of kind of like an experiment mm. at the moment. Like they are trying out wild stuff, digital only content, mm-hmm. errataing cards. Um, this is all stuff that wizards and magic have not been able to do for a long time. A lot of the diehard fans say that you know this is this is impure
1: in that in that voice (laughs) yeah
0: um uh and that it's you know it's it's just not the way magic the gathering works you know being able to errata digital only cards and that paper magic is the only way
1: that's dumb
0: Um, i I think that's dumb i think that wizards is innovating here in a way that makes the game better um and i'm all for it i'm all for it i'm i'm happy for wizards to be able to fix their mistakes rather than just ban cards. Yeah,
1: for sure. I think that's a, a great thing to, to do. Um, rather, Yeah, if you can fix a card so it doesn't need to be banned, that's absolutely what you should do. Mm-hmm. Because then you're not turning off a whole deck. You're just making it a bit fairer for everybody.
0: They've got to take it seriously, though. So my concern with these bans is that um, the Subversive Acolyte is a change that makes the card slightly better for some in some ways, mm-hmm. slightly worse in some other ways. Yeah. Um, did that need to be done? I don't know, because I don't play historic.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: same with Sarkin. He's gone from a zero to a plus one. And the reason for that is ultimately it boils down to better balance and reduce the tension between which ability you're going to choose. Yeah. And that's, that seems minor. Um, and then Faceless Agent, so the reason for the the change, ultimately comes down to a simple buff to improve the experience of players using tribal decks. Yeah. Now, these are all quite minor reasons, and I think that Wizards are treading a very... They're treading a fine line um, rebalancing cards for minor reasons. Like, what you can't do is heap fucking changing cards
1: no but if it's minor but loads of people play the decks and then it makes a lot of people have a better experience then it's not minor
0: but like you you can't just you know every month you know this month Lumina Aspirant is a 1-1 this month it's a 2-2 now it's a 1-1 again and like like... oh
1: I don't think they can go back I don't think they can go back on any of these cards
0: well we'll see We'll, we'll see if they do I don't
1: think they should be able to because that's that's stupid.
0: What? Well, why? Why is that stupid? Because if they if they, so, they've made one like they've made um, one of the, a lot of these cards slightly better.
1: Yeah.
0: What if they end up being really, really good now?
1: Yeah, I suppose, I suppose. it's difficult. The whole
0: point of being cool. able to errata cards is the flexibility that it gives wizards. But I think that they so I think that wizards having this flexibility is good, but they need to make sure that they don't overdo it. I think that they could, because these changes are all minor. Yeah. Like, did this really need to be changed?
1: I guess not. I suppose, and again, it is a little bit difficult because neither of us play historic, but I think it would be really annoying to have a card changed and then changed back. But then maybe like that, because at a certain point, I would just be like, I'm just not even going to bother playing it because giving people the option to have their wild cards back instead of this, I think absolutely needs to happen. But there's a certain point where the deck you play no longer works because they keep changing these cards. And that's super annoying. Yeah. If you have to then build a whole new deck. So I don't... Yeah, maybe the reasons need to be major rather than minor. But this is the first time they're doing it. And maybe it's better to start with something minor and see, see how the community reacts. Because if this causes outrage for everybody that plays Historic then maybe they shouldn't do it
0: usually literally anything that wizards does yeah (laughs) incites outrage from some part of the community
1: that's true but that's because everybody doesn't think about what anyone else would like just selfish but i don't know
0: man throwing some shade sarah
1: they are like what's the thing that um sammy sent us about professor on an episode of i hate your deck where
0: oh yeah he went off on one a little bit
1: yeah I mean, I have the clip, but we probably, probably can't play it.
0: To be honest, I think it's a small subset of um, Magic the Gathering players that are really that toxic. Mm. Um, they're they're just, just loud. I was
1: going to say, like any group of people, there's always people like that. They just tend to be the loudest, so they're the ones that you hear. Mm-hmm.
0: In other Magic news, moving on from the ban announcement, mm-hmm. because that is enough on that. Yeah. There is a secret lair that I want to talk about as well. Mm-hmm. So there is a bunch of secret lairs available at the moment. There kind of always is. And Too many. I'm not super interested in them. It's um, like I don't really like secret lairs. I think that's super expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and not really high value. But I want to talk about this one because it's kind of risen to the top of the fan base Yeah. Um, this week. It's called Thrilling Tales of the Undead. Mm-hmm. If you want to order it, you have one day and one hour from when i'm reading this which means you'll have <laughs> missed the deadline <laughs> yeah. by a day by the time you're hearing this um so it's not available anymore uh, but it's three cards it's grave crawler liliana death's majesty and rise of the dark realms mm-hmm. and they are done in kind of horror movie pinup style yeah uh from like i don't know like i guess like 30s 40s
1: yeah, old style. school horror movie posters.
0: Um, and they have done the rounds uh, on Reddit and everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, because...
1: Are we going to talk about this?
0: Yeah, yeah we are. Um, because, and this is the opinion of the Magic the Gathering community, not me, myself and, or Chatterstone.
1: And also, I don't think we can say it's the opinion of the whole community. It is an opinion of a subset of the community. Yeah.
0: Um, so these this secret lair has been a hot topic because they do look very cool. They I will are, say yes. that. Yeah, I do uh,
1: I do like them. They, it is a cool style.
0: Yeah. Genuinely cool artwork. Uh, but they're quite sexy. They they're quite racy. Um, and to that All I have to say to the Magic the Gathering fans who are looking at these three cards Mm -hmm. and think, oh, that's. that gets me going. Um, They're actual dead people. They're. Well, Liliane
1: is not dead, but also (laughs) the one that has got people's attention is Gravecrawler, which is a zombie. And people are saying, oh, you know, how can you make. A zombie sexier than Liliana because I feel like, in terms of magic cards, Liliana's one of those that you know, we've yeah. all we've all kind of, mm-hmm. I've got a crush on Liliana.
0: Well, nah, not really. My no, type. no,
1: is your type grave crawl? She says worried. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so the grave crawler it kind of looks like Marilyn Monroe, yeah, style, yes, um, yeah. and it's it is a re- it's really cool artwork. I'm not bashing it, really cool artwork, but the
1: <laughs> she's so the- dead.
0: The people, the people who are saying things like, "Oh, how have they made Gravecrawler so sexy?" It's a dead person. And it's
1: a really dead person. Like, there's.
0: It looks a few like
1: sections of her skin that are missing.
0: It's clearly a wig on a decomposing yeah. body. Like, there's like holes in it, mm-hmm. and it's got like sunken eyes and dried up lips. I feel like <laughs> it's, I guys feel like... how how thirsty is the magic the gathering community I, I mean what well, I don't know if we should be surprised or what but
1: it's the boobs I genuinely think it's the fact that there's some boob action and it's not even a lot of boob action because people saying that oh how have you made her sexier than Liliana 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 is sexier I think even in this picture but that's because I in the um death Majesty picture. I think that's because I'm looking at it and not immediately going, oh, there's boobs. Which I feel like is what they've done. Because if they haven't, there is a large section of people that fancy dead people. And that's something we need to look into, I think, (laughs) Magic the Gathering.
0: I'm going to make that your job, Sarah. Your objective over this next week Mm -hmm. is to, air quotes, look into the subset of Magic the Gathering fans that, are attracted to dead people. I
1: have a story about someone that's attracted to dead people.
0: I don't want I don't want to hear it. <laughs> don't want to hear?
1: Maybe no, chat Storm no doesn't Chatterstorm
0: don't... doesn't want to hear it. I've asked them.
1: Okay. Well guys, if you would like to hear the story that I have about somebody that's attracted to dead people, then you can tweet us at Storm Pod and then I will tell you all in either the next episode or a Sarah's special episode by herself. Storytime with Sarah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great story. Sure.
0: <laughs> okay sure yeah if we get if we get five tweets um, (laughs) we've
1: never got five
0: tweets (laughs) exactly if we get five tweets requesting that story then we we can we can do a a sarah's special story time it's really for halloween
1: interest yes oh my god it's perfect i'm gonna do it anyway
0: no you have to get five tweets
1: (laughs) guys it's a great story that is fucked up and really interesting And you all want to hear it.
0: (laughs) So I think we should wrap it up there. Um, We've talked about some of the big magic news uh, Mm -hmm. and some of the gross magic news. (laughs) Um, It has been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me, Sarah. Has it? Huh? Been a pleasure? Yeah. Oh, well, for the audience. (laughs) Um, So let's wrap it up there and I will catch up with you next week.
1: See you guys next week. Where is sammy
0: oh he sent me this voice note let me play it to you after he told me that he wouldn't be able to do the podcast today listen okay especially not when i sound like this <laughs> in the morning and i've just woken up and i went home at like 3 a.m even though i was supposed to go home at 1 a.m sounds. <laughs> question.
1: <laughs> i mean yep that does because had you have not told me that was sammy there's absolutely no way i would have thought it was
0: yeah it sounds more like <laughs> some kind of Gargoyle.
1: Yeah, what the hell?
0: Forty year old chain (laughs) smoker.